Welcome back to the Jellybean Medicine Podcast. My name is Steph and I'm a final year medical student with a love for peds. Alongside the Bonn University Pediatric Club, we'll be giving you the rundown of all the high yield pediatric topics, all based from Australian guidelines. In today's topic, we're looking at developmental delay. Developmental delay is a descriptive term for when a child is developing slower than other children in their own age group. The delay can affect each of the domains of childhood development. And if we can recall, the four domains are gross motor, fine motor, language, and social. So a delay in a single area is usually less concerning. And up to 15% of children under five years may have difficulty with at least one area of development. On the other hand, we have global developmental delay. Global developmental delay is when there's a delay in two or more developmental domains. For example, they could have a delay in both gross motor and fine motor. This is usually diagnosed before the age of five years. It's important to note that developmental delay is commonly associated with behavioral abnormalities. So these can include ADHD, ODD or oppositional defiant disorder and autism spectrum disorder. The key thing about developmental delay is that the earlier it is identified, the earlier you can target the treatment and therefore allow better outcomes for the child. What are the risk factors for developmental delay? So these include hearing or vision impairment, chromosomal abnormalities such as trisomy 21 or Turner syndrome, metabolic disorders, infections such as torch infections and meningitis, any intrauterine exposure to toxic substances, if there are any complications in the birth such as preeclampsia, also prematurity, so before 28 weeks gestation. And there are also environmental risk factors. So these include low parental education, poor housing, and reduced access to services. When a child comes into the consult, what are the red flags that you're going to be looking for to suggest developmental delay? These can include regression of development, if the child doesn't respond to sound or any visual stimuli, if they interact poorly with others, so maybe preschool could be saying that they are aggressive in their behavior. If you can see that they have limited eye contact or if they have a hand preference before the age of 12 months, so this can be indicative of cerebral palsy. Other red flags include parental concern or if the child is injuring themselves, such as head banging. If you're looking for a table to add to your notes, Queensland Children's Health has a Red Flags Early Identification Guide that basically goes through the red flags for child development. Now let's talk about the approach for developmental delay. So the first thing to do is to take a thorough history. And I like to use the BINES format. So B for birth, I for immunization, N for nutrition, D for development, and S for social. The second thing to do is a physical examination. And perhaps the most important thing here is just observing the child. So have a range of toys such as blocks in front of the child and just watch if they correspond to the age appropriate milestone. Here you want to be looking for clues in regards to the cause. So do they have any dysmorphic features that could indicate a chromosomal abnormality? You could also do a neuro exam to think of any neurological causes such as cerebral palsy. So all of these will determine what investigations you will do. When doing the physical examination, always remember to do a child's height, weight and head circumference and then plot these on the growth charts. The third step in the approach are screening tests. 
So screening tests available include the parents' evaluation of developmental status, so PEDS, and the ages and stages questionnaire, so ASQ. The fourth step in our approach to developmental delay is investigations. Examples of investigations that you can do include genetic blood tests, such as a CGH microarray. You can also do your standard blood tests, including thyroid function tests, full blood count, iron studies, UNEs and creatinine kinase. And if indicated, you can do a metabolic screen or you can do some neuroimaging, depending on the etiology. It's really important that we have a multidisciplinary team approach and that we also establish early intervention so that we minimize the severity. Examples of interventions include a speech pathologist, physiotherapist, occupational therapist, psychologist, neurologist, social worker, genetics counsellor, and also involving preschool or school. Now we're up to the fun part of the episode where I get to quiz you on two questions on the topic we just covered. The first question is a mother brings in her three-year-old son after concerns from preschool stating that the boy preferred to play with the teachers rather than the other children. In the clinic, you observe that he has limited eye contact and gives one-word answers to your questions. What are the red flags in this consult? And give at least three other red flags that you could ask as well. So the red flags in the history are first that there's parental and preschool concern. Secondly, there's also poor eye contact and this can indicate autism. And also that the three-year-old son is giving one-word answers and this can indicate speech delay. Other red flags that you can ask about are, does he have any fixations to things? Does he have aggressive behavior at school? And does he engage in parallel play or does he interact well with others? The second question is, what sort of tests would you like to do for this child? Some tests that you can do include a parent's evaluation of developmental status. You can also do a vision and hearing test in the clinic. And you can also refer for formal cognitive testing, such as a WIPSI and an ADOS assessment. These can be done by a clinical neuropsychologist, and they're especially useful if you're thinking that this child might have autism. But we'll cover that in greater depth in the next episode. Developmental delay is such a big and important topic in paediatrics, and so I hope you found this episode super helpful. If there's a topic you'd like covered, then please shoot us a message via our Instagram at Jellybean Medicine. We'll see you in our next episode on Autism Spectrum Disorder.